Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode 305, I am assured, despite my attempts to call it 6. And we have a guest. Hello again. Welcome back, Ian. Thank you very much. Hey, Mike. Brad, uh, hello, Alan. Bradutations. What was that? Bradutations. 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 No, it's I, not I, have, I have merged greetings and salutations into a new word. Ah, okay. Gradutations. Grad. I don't think it will catch on. No, it won't. Alan, stop trying to make gradutations happen. No, gradutations would be a greeting measured by the ruler. I say growl. Gradutations. Oh, well, in that case, it'll definitely catch on. See? This week, we're going to be looking at Stargate Atlantis episode, Remnants. Ian seemed, I don't know if he was keen to do this episode, it was one of the few that was left for him to do. <laughs> Combination <laughs> of the two, I think. Probably. A little from column A, a little from column B. I seem to remember a lot of good things about this episode. Yeah, Bob Picardo and uh, McKay, so I was like, mm. get it. <laughs> yeah, you can't really go wrong, can you? Know. Mm, I think Jewel would be nice. McKay and Jewel together, they're just so sweet. <laughs> McKay is so clearly clueless. Yep. You're a player, are you not? Of Ingress? Mm. No. No, I've tried it a little while for a little bit, but no, I didn't stick at it. I see. I admit one of the reasons for having several pop noodles is they were a Euro pop. Oh, right, I see. <laughs> so it's like, food, cheap. Alan, are you ready on uh, Russian today? Why would I be ready on Russian? For the 3-2-1. Couldn't remember it last time. Dvi, dva, advin, adjin. Something like that. As it happens. No, I was actually in a conversation with a Russian friend. Oh, igoogle.com slash translated. Right, I'm good to go. I've watched the episode twice, one with and one without commentary. I've got the episode ready. I don't think there's anything else to do. Oh, and I took the batteries out of the clocks. <laughs> you took the batteries out of the clock? Yeah, last week when I when we finished recording, played back the audio and I could just hear ch -ch -ch in my ears. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I'd spent so much time setting up my recording as well, so it wouldn't have loads of noise or anything. I remember taking the battery out of a clock in my parents' bathroom. Was it too loud? I, no, I could hear it ticking through two doors. <laughs> That's a loud clock. Uh, I don't know where the cat is. I don't know if the cat's planning to come in or if he's already in and somewhere else in the house. Yes, um, well, if you listen to podcasts recorded about two years ago... You will hear my podcast being interrupted by cats and I remember. Aside, little asides to cats and so on. Yes. Oh, damn cat climbing up on the front of the TV, can't see anything. Yep. Well, I've been listening to all the back catalogues, so <laughs> it's quite recent. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Experience Dune like never before. The Dune Saga Podcast with David, Scott, and Jim lead you chronologically through the novels of Frank Herbert, Brian Herbert, and Kevin J. Anderson. Relive your favorite moments, join in the conversations, and let the spice expand your universe. The Dune Saga Podcast. Ride the sandworm to dunesagapodcast.com or to iTunes for more information. Right then, we are a bit pressed for time tonight, so we're going to jump straight in. Hey. As usual, this is a rip of the Region 2 DVD. 
Runtime is 41 minutes 48 seconds. If you want to actually watch the episode along with our commentary, Alan will be doing a 3 2 1 countdown, and when he says click, basically just press play from the black screen with a counter set to zero, and everything should sync up. Okay, then. If everything is ready. Okay. Three, two, Odin, clicky. I find it sad. What? What are you talking about? Mr. Wolsey. He seems lonely. He does? How oh, very cosmopolitan. Yes. Breakfast on the balcony. Yeah, but it's very obviously back projection. <laughs> well, I'm not going to knock it for that. Come on. <laughs> I wonder if that's the same table they use for catering the uh, crew. <laughs> probably. <laughs> That is actually craft services. It's probably cheaper to actually get them to just lay a table. <laughs> Mr. Woolsey, would you care to join us? Sit down, Woolsey. Mm. Granted, it took Picard seven years to sit down with his crew, but... <laughs> Roland. Oh, awkward. Fruit cup. <laughs> I'm a little apprehensive. You shouldn't be. You've done a wonderful job as our new commander. Yeah, so did Amanda. The only way will not agree. The only way a bureaucrat. If Picard had to match Riker's special sit, so... Yeah. Speaking of which, where's Shepard? He flew some astrobiologists to the mainland this morning. And volunteered to stay with them overnight. Oh, yes. <laughs> we wonder why. And the look. <laughs> this planet's sun is the Class G star. Very attentive. That fact, coupled with its Earth-like atmospheric composition, results in the predominance of green photosynthetic organisms. Hmm. I'm not sure he's aware that there's anything above the waistline. Yeah. <laughs> John seems very possessive about his weapon, or is he just covering his groin? <laughs> Having naughty thoughts, are we? Oh, yeah. Weird. Oh, why doesn't it? Well, the answer lies not so much oh in Oh, my God! Ah, Dr. Parrish is back. Yeah. Played by Jonathan Young from Sanctuary, Terminal City, Antichrist. Huh? It's a plant not unlike the Begonia Aramisha. He's missing his patch. Probably just fell off, and then he stuck on with Velcro. Me about this. You don't understand. The woolly stalks begonia went officially extinct back on Earth in 2007. And yet here we are, standing over a species that's shockingly similar. And there's Will Waring's pineapple. I still didn't see it. Where was it? It's there. Take a screenshot. Even he didn't see it in the commentary. <laughs> and he knew where to look. <laughs> well, knock yourself out. That's what we're here for. Take your time. All night. This is Langley, as I said, one of the very last pieces of woodland that we're filming in. Mm. By the time we do this podcast, it will be condominiums. You wouldn't think Canada would be shy of woodland. Well, it's, uh, if it's near a city, then it gets built upon, doesn't it? The suburbs continue to expand. Oh, dear. Oh, hello. No sort of considered struggle. That was just bang, good night. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have thought they'd have come up with some way to dissipate the energy of a stun weapon. There must be a solution out there somewhere. It's on McKay's to-do list. Oh, yes. After he fixes the jumpers. Kind of rippled through his uh, vest as well, which looks weird. Yep. Okay, then. Stargate Atlantis, Season 5, Episode 15, Remnants. Gatecast, Episode 305. This episode was written by Paul Mully and Joseph Malozzi, and directed by William Waring. Aired in America, November 14th, 2008. Canada, November 17th. UK, December 9th. Sweden, January the 2nd, 2009. Spain, February the 4th, 2010. And Japan, December the 1st. Couldn't find a time for Australia. Only a couple of shows with episodes of the same name. Avengers, United They Stand, and Alias. 
but there were a couple of movies in 2007 and 2013 of the same name. With thanks to Anna Gorbacheva for the Russian for the countdown. I just told her she'd been thanking it be on the podcast. Okay. Well, that's an interesting name to see in the credits. Bodes well. Come on, John. Make an effort. you got to admire, that's one thick rope around his ankles. Mm-hmm. None of this table tied nonsense. But there's the convenient pointy rock. <laughs> yes, very, very convenient. Yeah, and uh, with that rope and the sharpness of that rock, it should only take him about... Three hours. <laughs> Can I give you a hand with that? Actually, if you wouldn't mind. Hello. Hello. Hi. Where are you headed? Back to my quarters. Mood lighting as well. <laughs> you know you're in trouble when the woman's in mood lighting. You're done for. Have we met? Not yet. I'm Vanessa Conrad. <laughs> Dr. Vanessa Conrad. Richard Wilsey. I just recently arrived on the Apollo. Oh, welcome to Atlantis. Thank you. It's beautiful. And huge. It's probably going to be weeks before I know my way around. Vanessa Conrad is played by Anna Gelvin. You will recognise her from her roles on SG-1, and she will appear in Stargate Universe as well. Yay. Australian actress. She's been in Caprica, Motive, Supernatural, Smallville, Eureka, and many, many more shows. She's a Kiwi. Not going to everything else I've read. Oh, no. Oh, that means the directors are wrong. <laughs> Vanessa. You can call me Vanessa. Wow, flirty as well. Nice to meet you, Vanessa. Thank you, Mr. Woolsey. Actually, you can call me Dick. Oh, yes. And that was Ricardo's own idea to use that instead of Richard. That wasn't put through nearly enough to come off like that. Don't knock it, Alan. To be fair, as you find out halfway through the episode, there's a reason why it doesn't necessarily have to add up. (laughs) Couldn't he find a bigger clearing to land in? (laughs) I don't know, he's not very good parking at all. Oh, oh dear. That doesn't look good. Where's McKay when you need him? Ah, there's McKay when you need him. <laughs> Unfortunately, a few hundred miles away. Raddick! Gotta love Raddick. Yes, indeedy. Everybody loves Raddick. Lieutenant Donovan's team suffered a severe allergic reaction to something that we were served at the Grand Banquet. <laughs> Come to think of it, I think it might have been those little green berries with, the, with the, the purple specks on them, because my tongue did feel a little bit numb afterwards. Yeah, FYI, this conversation ended six seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even sounds like Rodney... Mm-hmm. Oh dear. Oh yeah, that's never a good thing. <laughs> it's rare for even Rodney to give him the time of day when he's got an idea. I've been noticing anomalous temperature variations in the water surrounding the city. I, I think it bears further investigation. Not really. Dick's hair looks especially wild today. <laughs> well, he has been on a diplomatic dinner. You know, so <laughs> oh. he, go, he doesn't tidy himself up, he actually makes him look a bit rougher. Questionable berries. To be thorough. My point is your point is pointless and a giant waste of time. Questionable Berries is my 80s punk band. <laughs> oh yeah, stick a knife right into an electrical control panel. Damn it. I'm not sure John's rather comfortable with being all by himself at the moment. He really needs Rodney or Zelenka around to fix a jumper. A clue. I don't trust clues, I'm like Vimes. Ciao. Woolsey is a bit obsessive, isn't he, when it comes yeah. to this sort of thing. Yes. He can't wing it. I love that the other guards are just standing around watching him. <laughs> it is with great pride. That I... Oh, here's trouble. Mm-hmm. Hello, Richard. Ciao. Welcome to Atlantis. Okay, you can let go of my hand now. Great pride. I'm looking forward to the grand tour. Well then, shall we? Yes. 
Take your briefcase and then hands it to her. <laughs> Tamlin Tamita, born in Japan. She's currently in Teen Wolf, also been on Babylon 5, Glee, Law and Order, NCIS LA. For all intents and purposes, the city's nerve center. These technicians are the very best at what they do. How's the kickboxing going, Amelia? Great, sir. Thanks for asking. Hello there, Chet. It's Chuck. Excuse me. It's Chuck, sir. My name is Chuck. Oh, of course, Chuck. Chet's on the late ship. Oh, nicely done. Good save. <laughs> Man of the people. There is no Chet. You do get the impression that was personal from Chuck. He gets plenty of screen time, but not a great many lines. No. You know, I can see your lips moving, but I'm not hearing any sound. The story was originally written as a main A story with Richard Woolsey. But as it developed, it kind of expanded into three separate stories. The Rodney and Zelenka is one. John and a certain individual is second story. Thank you, Rodney. Whoa. You realize it's highly unlikely you're actually going to find anything. No? Then I would have wasted an hour of my time and you'll be able to tell me I told you so. He knows which buttons to press. Yeah. <laughs> Rather insightful for Red Out, really. He really knows Rodney. <laughs> well, Rodney is worried now. The prospect of commanding the Atlantis expedition was a daunting one. Mm -hmm. Dr. Weir and Colonel Carter were incredibly tough acts to follow. Yet you availed yourself nicely, Richard. And you survived in nine months here. Uh-oh. Warning, warning, she's been too nice. And I'm certain that once you've had a chance to review my report... That won't be necessary. Watch out. So, I'm receiving my graduation papers? Of course. In recognition of the great job you've done here, the IOA is appointing you as chair of Earth's new environmental initiative. Congratulations, Richard. You're coming home. Oh. Oh. You're going to be looking after the plants back home. Uh. <laughs> because no politicians are ever going to take a blind bit of notice of you. That's what we've seen. Great. So, it should take about 30 minutes to scan the entire planet, which means I've got plenty of time to get down to the cafeteria, get myself some of that fine almond biscotti and a yoo-hoo, and be back in time for you to tell me you have found nothing. You found something. <laughs> You just know there's going to be a bleep. <laughs> we found something. <laughs> yeah. You would have thought to thoroughly scan the planet anyway. Whatever it is, it's sitting approximately 1,500 feet below sea level. As they were landing and then when they were there and... Yeah, just in case. It's nicely done. When the actual story is revealed and you look back at it and you see how slick this is. Right here, it's a perfect little hint at what's happening, isn't it? Yeah. And it's difficult to be stealthy in all this underbrush and everything. I thought that as he was running. <laughs> jump, 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 jump. Oh, what? Exactly. <laughs> Wait, what? Dum, dum, dum. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's got to hurt. <laughs> I don't understand your reaction. Nine months ago, you were dreading coming over here. A lot has changed in nine months. I like it here. Yes, he's got his nice worn-up bookcases and his mood lighting and comfy chairs. Chessboard. Diplomas up on the wall. Closet full of tailored suits. An awful lot through the Stargate, didn't he? He did. <laughs> While the ZPM are running, he just <laughs> sending stuff through. Decisions that have run counter to protocol and, quite frankly, common sense. They, we... Ah. Uh, ah. Uh. That's what happens when you make decisions that the IOA don't approve of. Oh! <laughs> okay, that looks like a bomb. Yeah, it looks, looks like really a generator. Yeah, I think maybe that is, yeah. Something about it, I'm sure I've seen it before. 
Uh, Robert Davy, he looks like he's put a, a bit of weight on. Collier seemed a little bit more svelte back in the day. Mm. He didn't expect to return to this particular role. Nice job on the wild guess. Thank you. <laughs> Robert Davy, of course, the American actor. He's been in Die Hard, Profiler, Licensed to Kill as Sanchez, Expendables 3. He's very prolific Twitter user. And a musician. Sings Frank Sinatra medley like nobody's business. I killed you. You shot me, there's a difference. No, I killed you. Beckett confirmed that you were dead. Yeah, I'm sure that's what he thought. Uh -oh. Yeah, humans, you can't bloody well trust them. It's a pleasure to watch him in an episode. Yes. In the commentary, which was Joseph Malozzi and Will Waring, they were talking about Robert being a, you know, an utter professional. Although, before he actually shoots any scenes, he, he kind of jokes around a bit, you know, asks a lot of questions. But when it comes to actually doing it, he can knock out a 10-page scene, no problem at all. Half day's walk in that direction will bring us to the edge of the mainland. I figure it'll take us maybe two days to reach Atlantis by boat. When you even get to the city, they're going to blow you out of the water. No, they won't even see us coming. They'll be too busy counting their dead. This can't be good. <laughs> what are you going to do? No, not the glove. <laughs> Send an explosive through your gate. Cripple the city's defenses. But for that, I'm going to need something from you. I think you call it an IDC. Go to hell. Yeah. I thought you would need some convincing. <laughs> Nicely done. Punch sound, isn't it? He's stressed. He wants to wear a suit. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> casually. Oh. Dr. Conrad, Vanessa. Things are looking up. <laughs> She's taller than he is. This may be wholly inappropriate, but I was wondering whether you'd like to catch a movie. A movie? They're screening two of my favorites tonight Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And she grabs his arm. This is highly inappropriate. Invasion of personal space. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I didn't really like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, but Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is excellent. She's coming on rather. Oh, good God, no. <laughs> oh, Kangaroo Jack. Is there a movie that's so bad that even you don't like it? It was just a bad movie. <laughs> you just scratch your head thinking, why did it ever get made? I mean, Judge of the Jungle, fair enough. I'm sorry. Why? Apparently I'm not very good at towing the company line. That is why you got this job, Richard. After all, you proved yourself worthy of being a company man. Yep. Your first day here, though, you throw the rule book out the window. Roll over for them. <laughs> Roll over for air. <laughs> Don't roll over for them. What? Fight this. I can't. The decision's been made. If, if that was true, then why didn't they just forward you a communique instead of sending a mouthpiece on a three-week journey to the Pegasus Galaxy? Good point. Yes, very good point. Hog ticking her. You'd have thought they'd have some, I don't know, decent china for visiting Dick. That was a rather gratuitous Richard Butt shot. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Something's passed me right by. Something for the ladies. Yeah. Honestly, yes. Oh, does he think she's after his job? But why would she want this job? You were sent here to evaluate my performance and make a recommendation based on your findings. The IOA may be leaning a certain way, but they've yet to make a decision on my fate. Yet you, that representative, clearly have. <laughs> As we've seen throughout this season with Woolsey, when he's in the right element, he can be as commanding and manipulative as anybody. As Picard, perhaps, they need another baldy guy. 
And Did anyone see that image well. that was sent round? They originally wanted Picard to wear a wig. Yeah, I've not seen that. It's scary. Well, you you got two options, aren't you? Either medical science has evolved so much that if you want hair, you can have it, or totally opposite, if you're bold, who gives the monkeys? Yeah, that's true. Though you would have been following Shatner, so... <laughs> if you help them get rid of me. This will all go a lot easier. If you just accept where this is going. The hell I will. Richard, I hold all the cards. The decision is in my hands. This is a fight you cannot win. Now she's in trouble. Oof. Oh, come on. This is brutal. In so many ways. Even Robert C. Cooper expressed a concern that this episode was a bit too violent. Well, he has always <laughs> been violent, though. He's like, he's the one that always goes too far. Yeah. He's cold-bloodedly killed men just because they happen to be in front of him. Yeah. Right behind him. Although he was quite prepared to drown Lucius, so in many people's minds, that's uh, mitigating circumstances. <laughs> but half the time, you can't even do that. That's what drives you, isn't it? Your past failures. Oof. <laughs> it does make all the difference if you get the sound effect right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like gunfire. When you hear it in some movies, it sounds fantastic, and then you hear a real gun go off, and you think, not so good, not impressive, is it? No. Make it sound even more realistic, I think. It's not about the noise, it's about the end result. Mm-hmm. When you've got a four-inch hole in your back, it tends not to really be relevant. There's an interesting thing they said in the commentary about him throwing punches that David Hewlett's a little bit apprehensive now because he accidentally got hit in the gut. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't trust him. Yeah, so you don't imagine David's stomach is well-muscled to take that sort of hit. No. In a couple of minutes... You're going to wish you'd given me that IDC. What are you working on? Looks a lot like an aqua generator. It does, it does. It also looks like something out of Voyager. There's something in the back of my mind is thinking Voyager. Hold on, torpedo? Mm, I don't know. I was thinking I know, it's kind of rough and industrial looking to be out of Voyager. You know, all no, the Star Trek things are shiny and perfect. Uh, yeah, unless they beam them in from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's true, it doesn't mean I'm going to... Sub- Wait a minute, what did you say? How would you say that? Were you sick? Am I sick? What have you heard? No, nobody's sick, Roti. I said you're brilliant because... because you are. Hmm. I rarely say it because you're a difficult man to compliment. You're egotistical, you're arrogant, you're stubborn. And brilliant. This is where alarm bells should be going on. <laughs> yes, unless one of them's dying. Well, <laughs> pull up a chair, Reddick. We've got some work to do. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Massage Rodney's ego. Get him to do anything you want. Unfortunately, I think that works on me. <laughs> I'm going to have my men repair the damage they did to your puddle jumper and use it to attack the city. Well, I hate to be Mr. Negative, but I can think of at least one problem you're going to run into. Yes, I know all about the ancient gene needed to operate the jumper. But that's not going to be a problem. Well, granted, you might get the first shot in, but... Mm-hmm. You see, in Farscape, when they had this problem, they just vomited on the control panel. Yeah. Job done. <laughs> Couldn't work out what that rope was tied to on him. Oh. Last chance, Johnny boy. Oh dear. Oh, oh now that's a knife. Oh dear. Didn't think so. Hey! <laughs> and that's where they went to commercial. Quite clever little uh, thing. Let's see, I wonder how much that piece of CGI cost. Keep the camera as still as you can, boys. <laughs> There's nothing worse than you see someone with their hand chopped off and their actual arm has grown about six inches. <laughs> <laughs> You're an interesting man, Shepard. You travel to another galaxy 
risk your life defending a bunch of people you don't even know. You ask me, you're either someone with a death wish or someone running away from something. Can they be both? Well, we know John had reasons to uh, stay well away from his family. That's why he joined the military. But he's just a goddamn hero. Where have you been? All over. The electromagnetic radiation this device is giving off covers the entire city and well beyond. I thought you said it wasn't dangerous. Well, it's not. I mean, at least according to this, it's operating at a relatively low frequency. I think at worst, some people may experience, you know, headaches or trouble sleeping. <laughs> or hallucinations or... Uh... There must be a conflict going on inside Rodney between shiny technology to play with and the paranoid hypochondriac. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it depends where, you know, the food is. <laughs> yeah. Make him sway either way. Give him a problem and a piece of chocolate, and he's anybody's. Twelve symbols in an endlessly repeating yet varying sequence. Yeah, I agree. It's very curious. It's, it, it's like being asked to figure out the uh, password for an alien laptop or, or something. I, I think that if we... What? What are you doing? I'm figuring out the alien's password. I mean, even, even if Rodney suspects that Zelenka's feeding him all the right questions, he'd never even admit it. He probably wouldn't even admit it to himself he's being led down the path. Why didn't I see that before? What? Well, the pattern isn't in the text, it's in the space between the text, each exactly 12 symbols in length. Each section of text is a multiple of 12, 24, 48, 96, separated by a 12 symbol space. Okay. Look, I'm struggling to follow that. <laughs> yeah. We don't really have to understand it, we just go along for the ride. Hmm. Symbol sequence. Hopefully, I can come up with a 12 symbol permutation that I can feed directly back into the device. And if I'm right, if we're right, we unlock the alien laptop. That little grin from. Radic there. Might give him the game away slightly. Well, that's a, a low cut top. It is. Especially when the side angle comes on. Yeah. <laughs> there is definite cleavage there. Yeah. This is the full court press on Woolsey. Yeah. You discovered my little personal area. He oh. really does want to discover his personal area. <laughs> yes. <is> brilliant. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's not even a subtle reference. Do you mind sharing it? Not at all. That little moment there where he hesitates after come. <laughs> They mentioned that in the, in the commentary. <laughs> Apparently Bob was like, uh, did I put it too much? No. No, that's fine. I wish I could stay here forever. I can't remember when I first watched this, where it all clicked. She's a hallucination. Yeah. Alarm bells always go off when characters just suddenly appear that you've never seen before. Well, in fairness, I thought the psychologist mm. was that. But at the very least, I have the satisfaction of knowing I went out swinging. <sighs> You're a good man, Richard. I really wish they could see that. Vanessa, would you like to have dinner with me tonight? It would be my pleasure. I've got to admit, I do like her accent. Wonderful. What time should I swing by to pick you up? It might be easy if we just met up. Mr. Woolsey, you're off radio. Dr. McKay needs to see you right away. Now, that is not like Woolsey at all to switch his radio off. Or leave it behind. Hello. Now, did he turn the radio off because he's interested in spending time with her or because she made him. Mm. I wonder if he does that whenever he goes to his quiet spot, you know, just for five minutes mm. every now and again. And if this device is any indication, a highly advanced one at that. I mean, medical breakthrough, specifications for advanced weaponry. This is incredible. It is. Uh, of course it does. That's a very small device for such a big task. Yeah. By the way, maybe I'm listening. Like I said, the device contains the records for a long dead civilization, but it also contains the chemical building blocks for a silicon-based life form. Depends how long you want it to seed life for. Well, yeah, I think they mentioned it. 
it may have been in the commentary or when I was reading Wiki, it's similar to Scorched Earth with a, a species visiting a planet and terraforming it, seeding a new new race. That was an excellent episode of SG-1. Yeah. I mean, obviously they didn't complete their journey. I mean, it ended up here instead. Still, with the help of the Daedalus, we could ensure that it finally reached its uh, target destination. Hmm. Okay. Ooh, that one had a much bigger seed bank. Yes, that's it. I mean, that was a huge ship. Yeah. I mean, this has got a hell of a lot of work to do, but I guess if the AI that's controlling it, or, you know, the simple programming is up to the task, then fair enough. Plus, you don't know how much space the stuff takes up. It could be like the Rafe uh, transporters. Yeah, could be. That's rather a pensive look from Woolsey. You disappoint me, John. Didn't think you'd be this easy to break. Even those two scientists you came with put up more of a fight before we killed them. Just another two you couldn't save. We're done. It's operational? Yes, we use the genetic material to initiate it. You hear that, Shepard? We've got the jumper. Oh. <laughs> He's rather nimble, isn't he? How did the guy who was looking at Shepard <laughs> not notice him running off? Collier's not going to be very happy at all. Heads will roll. Hello, Ellen. Hello, you? Ooh. <laughs> that was another Bob improv. I would be rather annoyed if I was sugar. Say, hang on a minute, you know all the women's names, but you don't know mine. <laughs> I wonder if he's actually gone to Amelia for this. Cause he wants people to know he's he's got a dinner date. Because I'm sure he could have done this through his own console. <laughs> you think so? Why don't you just tell me where her quarters are? I suppose it's only proper that I tell her personally. There's nothing here, sir. She hasn't been assigned quarters yet. No, sir, according to this, there's no Dr. Conrad on Atlantis. Ooh. Who you been talking to, Robert? <laughs> Richard? <laughs> and I have to... Whoop. <laughs> oh, seriously, John. You've been busy. With one hand as well. You've got to be, got to be seriously impressed. This is better than when he defended Atlantis in one-man band. Amelia... The woman I was talking to when you approached me earlier today. Sir? On the balcony. The woman I was speaking with when you delivered the message from Dr. McKay. She probably left before I got there, sir. When I approached you on the balcony, you were alone. Oh, and I tend to agree with the guys on the commentary. Their hats are ridiculous. Yep. They look a little bit like guards from the Emerald City. Yeah, they do a bit. Oh, talking to Green. <laughs> oh, she's back. There's nothing wrong with you. Well, that's debatable. What's going on? Uh, I'll let you know in a second. I'm just looking over your results. She won't find anything. This could get a little awkward. <laughs> Who are you talking to, Richard? Somebody be behind me. See? And what is going on? Why isn't your name in the database? Why couldn't Amelia see you earlier today? So, be quiet. Uh, I'm pretty sure my name is in the database, and as for Amelia, if she has a medical concern, there's no reason why she shouldn't see me. When did she come by? She can't see me, Richard. Only you can see me. So again, stop talking, Richard. I'd like to clarify the misunderstanding. I, I don't want her thinking I turned her away. Uh, Amelia's fine. I'll talk to her. Well, that's a smouldering look, isn't it? My. <laughs> there are benefits to a girlfriend that only you can see. <laughs> uh, or, in this case, a wife that only we can hear. <laughs> Any visual symptoms, shadows, or flashes in your field of vision? Uh... You could say that. 
Yes, maybe a little more pronounced. Yes. What about auditory symptoms? Occasional ringing or buzzing or whistling? We need to talk. Yes, the occasional buzzing. Somewhere private. <laughs> Any physical sensations? Blood pressure problems or anything like that? I bet you haven't been sleeping very well. What with this whole probationary review? Of course. That's it exactly. Yeah, it's a perfectly logical explanation why I've been having conversations with this woman who, for some reason, finds me incredibly attractive. These screens are always dreaming data. It's not very usable for a user. <laughs> Can't we just have a screensaver just once, please? Just like SGC did, that emblem spinning round and round and round. They do, but the only people that have screensavers are the Atlantis computers. <laughs> for some reason, they want to prevent screen burn on those projectors. Mm -hmm. oh, we know Vanessa isn't really there. We know Polya's dead. Is Radek? So that is the question, isn't it? I mean, Radek's been leading Rodney to this probe, mm -hmm. opening the probe, accessing the data. So, what are you working on? I'm just analyzing the readings from the radiation the device is emitting. She's again with the radiation. Hey, I'm just killing time till Woolsey gives us the green light to start data retrieval on that thing. You think he will? Of course, this is huge. In the chronicled achievements of an alien race? Are you kidding me? A yeah, big question, though, like he's saying. Huge database of technology or a lifeboat for a whole new species. You can't have both. A modulated ultra-low frequency emanating from the device. I've seen something like this before. Yes, I've seen them wavy lines many a time. Oh, no. There was an awful lot of Jinnati about... <laughs> yeah, where are they hiding? <laughs> I got him. Shouldn't he have gone L? <laughs> oh, it's a trap! Okay, folks, technical issues and we're back. Oh! Okay! He has good taste. <laughs> right. I'm sorry I made you doubt your sanity. Who are you? What are you? I'm a physical manifestation of your subconscious romantic and sexual ideals. There's hints of Amanda tapping sanctuary in uh, Anna. Uh. I wonder if Richard has thought that way. <laughs> Why? I'm sorry I had to deceive you, but the survival of an entire civilization is at stake. This has something to do with that device Dr. McKay recovered, doesn't it? <laughs> well, what are the odds? Come on, think about it. She can't see me. <laughs> Especially not through the door. <clears throat> yes. So why do you think she knocked instead of using the fancy doorbell? I thought I heard you talking with someone. <laughs> Atlantis rooms are not soundproof either. I know it's like the only time they acknowledge that, that someone can overhear a conversation. Giving the gang in microbiology. Really? You know, I saw you on the balcony this afternoon talking with yourself. <laughs> There's worse things you can be doing with yourself. <laughs> yep. Occasionally, I do verbalize my thoughts. It helps me put things in perspective. A casual observer might find that sort of behavior a little disconcerting, especially coming from someone in your position. Yeah, this is the diplomatic way of saying you're cuckoo. Another nail in my coffin. Dr. McKay briefed me on the device he recovered. Yes, it is an impressive find. That doesn't belong to you. Please, sit down. Okay, grab the chair, over the head, get rid of her. <sighs> Whenever you watch Saving Hope and uh, Shanks is walking about talking to a ghost and you pick up your phone and pretend you're talking into it. Yeah. I can't even believe you're considering letting this slip away. There are other issues to consider. Such as? The fate of another race. Will you stay out of this? No, no. Oh, dear. <laughs> I will do no such thing. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the imaginary woman behind you. She's lit well. She looks like she's not there. 
question. We'd be robbing a civilization of the opportunity to rebuild itself. There's no guarantee that a civilization will evolve from the seeding process. The entire race could die out before it even reached sentient status. Well, hand them your head on the silver platter. Does she really think she could do a better job? Consigning billions of potential lives to oblivion. Looking like the doctor. Label. Oh, interesting. I can't believe your good fortune, Richard. This is your opportunity to show the team back home that you can play ball, follow procedure, and save your job. Or you can hand it to me on a silver platter. Your choice. Well, what do you know? She does think she can do a better job. Well, that was rather easy. Where'd it go? <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, brilliant that was. Oh, where did that come from? Plan was just to put a camera into a tart here. They had to put yourself up, didn't it? Okay, I know John is only a couple of feet off the floor, and the cliff face is just fiberglass or plasterboard, but that shot is excellent. How dare you threaten me? It's not a threat, Richard. I'm simply telling you how things are going to play out if we lose that device. Richard, please. They were a kind and peaceful race, one well worth saving. Yeah, you are a bit biased, though. Just walk in. You could have been doing anything. <laughs> it can induce mass hallucinations. Or function as a means of communication between two very different species. Oh, the poor bloke. You feel sorry for him. Kick them out. Yes. This is Richard's version of PFO. Thank you all, both, for enlightening me. I'll make my decision shortly. Please. Oh, the ever polite Mr. Richard Woolsey. Get out of my room. Put with grace and dignity. Now, why don't you tell me what's going on? This has gone on long enough. Use your other hand. <laughs> Go on. I have no intention of letting you die. Huh? Oh. <laughs> now climb back up, John. As if by magic. That's handy. And I haven't lost my watch either. When I watched this episode, just, well, just yesterday, for the first time in however long it's been, I couldn't for the life of me remember how he got his hand back. I was like, <laughs> wait, they did chop it off. I don't remember this. <laughs> there is no logical explanation if you were looking for one. No, I was like, I don't remember this. Mm. Doesn't he have good gravitas to Robert? He does indeed. Nice trick as well, and having the explanation amongst different characters. After millions of years of evolution, the race known as the Sakari faced extinction. Knowing they couldn't save themselves, they spent their final days creating the means to start over. They built seed carriers, each with a different target world programmed into its navigation system. Worlds that would provide them with the chemical compounds necessary to produce, sustain, and develop life. It's rather a pity that these really advanced aliens couldn't actually just leave the planet and be done with it instead of seeding the galaxy with themselves. Mm -hmm. And the mistakes that ultimately led to their own destruction. The seed carriers were outfitted with subspace communicators, designed to alert the group once the seeding was successful. Over 50 were launched. None achieved their goal. Oh, that's bad luck or just very poor design. No wonder they died out. Oopsie. At least it was waterproof. They knew how to do one thing. And rustproof. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. This device survived re-entry relatively unscathed and spent the next 2,000 years at the ocean's bottom. Until recently, when its dormant systems were awakened by its sensors picking up trace readings from one of your submerged puddle jumpers. The one Dr. McKay flew up out of the underwater bay several weeks ago. I scanned your city, and I linked with you. What are you? 
<laughs> yes. Don't ask. Just enjoy it. <laughs> yep. You may not want to know what she is exactly. <laughs> and eventually direct you to help complete this unit's assignment. By manipulating me? No. By finding out what kind of person you were, in the hope that we could place our trust in you. Ignorance is bliss at times. Plug me back into the Matrix. <laughs> yes. We need to develop an Australian civilization with lizards. Yes. And dangerous teddy bears. And barbecues. And big shrimp. As a soldier, you were a threat. If anyone was to use force to secure the repository, it would have been you, the military man. You've got to give the Skari credit. Their computer programming is remarkably good. Making me think the jumper had been sabotaged would have been enough of a distraction. You would have discovered the subterfuge. I'm unable to maintain a static illusion over time. It was necessary to keep your mind occupied. Occupied? You chopped his hand off? <laughs> well, I don't know. Was that John... Yeah. That was just the computer actually analysing what John expected to happen. Mm-hmm. You're saying I tortured myself. You torture yourself every day, John. But in this case, it was your mind manifesting your darkest fears. You were the architect of your own self-deception. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> you said it so much better than I did. Like you, when he's in the game. And have a decision to make. I love that line, architect of your own self-deception. And we all. In small and large ways. Do you know how long we've been sitting here? Shut up. Get in the jumper. Is that the first time we've seen Atlantis personnel in short? Must be standard wear because they're both wearing them. Go ahead. You see, we're complaining about Skype. She's got an intergalactic video link. (laughs) (laughs) And it's faultless. But I felt it only fair to inform you of recent developments here. As much as I believe you'd be a worthy candidate to replace Richard Wolsey, I'm afraid the rest of the council feels otherwise. It looks like we'll be going with James Coolidge instead. Coolidge? Oh, Coolidge. Oh, oh, yeah, that little toady who was a bit of a racist until Ronan saved his life. Uh, stabbed you in the back. Oh. Aha. Yeah. Okay, that is one annoyed-looking woman. I wouldn't like to be in anybody else's shoes when she gets back to Earth. Nice sunny side of the city. That's a lovely shot, wasn't it? I suppose I'll be joining you shortly. Don't make any holiday plans. You're not going anywhere. I gave you a glowing review. And since your future rests entirely on my report, I'd like to be the first to congratulate you as the new permanent commander of the Atlantis expedition. I'm not going to say she brought one hell of a suitcase just for a couple of days visit. She works for the IOA. She needs a lot of suits. <laughs> They're full of bureaucratic. Yes, it's a, it's a shame. Did, did they know they were cancelled at this point? No. No, because I thought it'd be a bit ironic, you know. Yes, you're a permanent commander of the Atlantis expedition for five episodes. <laughs> Will Waring actually made a, a mention of that, didn't he? In the commentary, that if he'd known he was, they were going to be cancelled, he put a load of references in. <laughs> well, that's a matter of when it was written. I mean, at the point of production here, it would be probably early in the year, wouldn't it? Mm. Could I have a moment alone, Amelia? Yes, sir. Yes, I, I'm not going to kick and punch your imaginary sexual object. I assume that you're responsible for that. Consider it a going-away present. We should be rather thankful that McKay didn't get to see something totally different. <laughs> I mean, if she'd have picked McKay as the... Uh, oh, it, it doesn't even bear thinking about. So what happens to you when you reach your final destination? Destination? Um, you're talking to the AI, aren't you? Uh... I'll start the process that will give life to the Sakari. Then I'll go to sleep until a time when I'm needed again. Rodney doesn't know what they're doing for that. No. Mm-hmm. Nice. I realize it may have been an unpleasant experience, 
Yeah, well, just a little bit. But you can see her too? And I want you to know, I'm sorry for what you had to go through. <laughs> His face. Crazy. Oh. <laughs> oh, poor Ronnie's being left out. <laughs> the ship will take you to your target planet. Oh, the Apollo. I'm sorry, you know, I don't mean to complain or anything. It's just, you know, I have spent the better part of a day making sure this was in working order. It'd be kind of nice, you know, just to get a little FaceTime with the... Here you are, Dr. McKay. The true form of the Sakari. That looks like CG metal. Yes. It's rather poor. Translucent as well. It might have been more interesting not to have done it, because like you say, it, yeah. you've really got to be good if you're going to do a, a full-size alien life form. Mm-hmm. What? I, she caught me off guard. What do you want me to say? What you have said? Weird. At least you know your type now. <laughs> Again, some proper serving dishes, please. Yeah. Even with decent food, if you stuff it on a piece of plastic like that, it isn't going to... You're gonna, not going to get the full experience from it. And Ronan just meat, yep. lots of meat, and he's still not letting <laughs> no veg- use a knife and fork. Yeah, no vegetables on his plate. Even Tilt used pile fruit and veg on his plate. Yeah. No idea that what you were seeing wasn't real. And blue jello. Everybody's looking scruffy, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Except for Woolsey, of course. He wouldn't have known. But with all due respect, I think they knew they couldn't fool me, so they, you know, didn't bother. They just concentrated on YouTube. Yes, of course, Rodney. No, he didn't. <laughs> you discovered the device. That afternoon, I mean, it's perfect timing. The colonel's right, that was very coincidental. And I know what you're implying, okay, but my mind was clear. All right, that device was found because of my brilliant thinking, and much as I hate to admit it, a little help from Zelenka. What are you talking about? Zelenka's off world. No, he's not. He came back yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Puzzled expressions all around. (laughs) (laughs) That's even lost his appetite. When Rodney puts his fork down, that, what happened to Rodney? Rodney loses appetite. That's just that's one of the twelve signs of the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> the doomed. Yeah, some excellent guest uh, guest stars: Anna Galvin, gorgeous-looking woman, three-time live-action Stargate franchise. It'll be good to see her in universe when we cover that. Robert Davi makes an unexpected return. Pretty much steals every scene he's in. It is really like reliving the Bond era when you know when he pulls his machete out. It's quite menacing, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. Okay, we won't uh, mess about. Alan's got things to do, and I'm sure that Ian has uh, needs to spend a bit of time with his fiance. Yep, and get some food. I'm absolutely starved. Right then. Paul Mully, Joseph Malozzi, the writers. 39 episodes of SG-1, 15 of Atlantis, and 12 of Universe. Also, Dark Matter, Delete, Student Bodies, Logo Winch, and Transporter, the series. Will Waring, the director, he directed 13 episodes of SG-1, 16 of Atlantis and 9 of Universe, as well as episodes of Continuum, Strange Empire and Painkiller Jane. He was also the camera operator for 60 episodes of SG-1. And this episode did get a Leo nomination for Best Screenwriting. Alas, it didn't win it, like so many nominations for Stargate. They get a little bit of recognition, but never really win that much. Come Next week's episode is going to be Brainstorm. On the next Stargate Atlantis. The Tunny Space-Time Matter Bridge. McKay and Keller's first date. What have you two done? What have we done? We can't shut the device down. Becomes a race against time. we got to wait for the bridge to peak, dial up the heat sink, see if we can overwhelm it. To save themselves. Good luck. You too. And the planet. All right, shut it off. I can't, it hasn't collapsed the bridge yet. On the next Stargate Atlantis. 
And we'll be joined by Andrew for that, or at least we will when we record it this weekend, if everything goes according to plan. Who knows? Yes. 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 Okay. Good. <laughs> Don't you dare say you're busy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I have my... I have to do an after-action report. Right then, next week's episode, as I said, is going to be Brainstorm. I hope you can join us for that. If you want to get in touch with us about our coverage of Remnants, or any uh, comments on Brainstorm, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so via the contact form on our website, which is gatecast.co.uk, or via email using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook and Google+, and carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio. You'll find all the links on our website, which includes the independent RSS feed. That carries every episode we've released so far. It can be manually added to a podcatcher. Short and sweet this week, we had a lot of technical problems. You probably won't hear about them because I've had to chop and change all sorts of audio around. But I hope you enjoyed the show. Let's wrap it up. Ian, thank you very much for making the time. Thank you very much. And uh, I'll see you again in a couple of weeks for uh, Identity. Uh, yes, indeedy. Excellent. Right, I'm going to run screaming. Nice to see you again, Alan, or rather talk to you. Relatively speaking. Thank you very much for joining us. I've been Mike. I've been Alan. I've been Ian. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Bye.